the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Kylie Griswold might be on to something. She writes for The Federalist, and uh, here's the headline of her column, quote, You know what would deter more shootings than red flag laws? Executing mass killers quickly. Uh, she talks about how mass shootings result in, you know, politicians jumping on it and using it for politics uh, before the dead are even identified. And then uh, we get the details on the shooter. We see his face all over TV, all over the Internet, hear about his life, all his problems, his family, blah, blah, blah. And then she says, quote, uh, it's time for a new approach. In this case, presents the perfect set of circumstances to justify it. The Highland Park shooter should be executed, and he should be executed quickly, unquote. Of course, there has to be a trial, uh, but I'm guessing there are ways to speed that process up. I haven't seen a de- – uh, I haven't been, I should say, a, um, a death penalty guy for a while, mostly because I think it's, it lets the killers off too easily. I can think of nothing worse than spending 70 years in a jail cell, nothing including death, and I root for the psychopaths who killed multiple people to live to be 100, by the way. But in the case of these shooters, um, you know, we're, we're dealing with people who are either seen on videotape committing the crime, they've been caught in the act, there's multiple witnesses, or the person has confessed, which is uh, what the July 4th shooter did. And Kylie Griswold says that it might be a deterrent for the sickos who love seeing and hearing the world talk about them after they commit mass murder, if mass murderers started being executed as soon as possible after the act. Well, I like this call, so I put it up on Twitter today, where you can follow me, by the way, at Steiger World. But I put it up there today, and someone named uh, Larry Schultz responded with this, quote, On this date in 1865, four co-conspirators were publicly hanged for the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which occurred on April 14, 1865, less than three months previously, unquote. So there you go. Uh, pretty sure the co-conspirators there got due process, and then they disappeared. Public execu- executions might be going a little too far, but I'm guessing uh, that they'd get a pretty good audience on the Internet these days. I'm sure they would, actually. And uh, here's how she finishes the column, quote, If politicians are serious that they're sick of living, quote-unquote, with this carnage, then the Highland Park shooter should be tried and convicted on the basis of his confession of his confession and executed immediately. Perhaps instead of inspiring another coward to pick up a gun, it will inspire them to think again, unquote. Might be worth a try. Anyway, uh, coming up next, if you know anybody who spends time on TikTok, you might want to hear what my next guest has to say about TikTok and China. And in the second half hour, one of the arguments for pro-abortion people make is that it's hard for women financially to stay home with a baby. We have someone who's going to shoot holes in that argument. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. 
Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The Internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding, Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Bean. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around. If you're somebody who's lying in bed sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. So sign up today. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Check out lovestories.com. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code CLOCK for an extra $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code C-L-O-C-K. Use code CLOCK for an extra $0.25 cents per gallon back in your first fill-up. Cash back is not available in gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, TikTok is everywhere. Um, it's a social media platform that's really popular with young people, especially high school kids, I guess. Uh, it's also owned by China, which is a problem. Gordon Chang is the author of The Collapse of China. He's also a columnist and a commentator. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, and he joins us now. Gordon, always good to have you on. Thanks for coming back. Well, thank you so much, John. So um, how much of a problem is TikTok beyond TikTok. the problems it causes with just what's on it? Yeah, there's two primary problems with TikTok. The first people have been focusing on in the last week or so, and that is data privacy. China's been taking the data off of TikTok, and although they've been giving repeated assurances to the American public over the course of the last two, three years, um, Americans uh, who run the TikTok don't have access to it. And the people who do have access to all that data are in China. We know this from the BuzzFeed reporting. But the more important problem is that China, um, which manipulates the TikTok algorithm, 
uses it to influence people around the world, including in the United States. Most recently, China's been putting TikTok at the service of Russia, which has been amplifying its ludicrous notions of the Ukraine war. But we also know that uh, from Radio Free Asia reporting that TikTok was used to foment violence on American streets in 2020. So this is uh, a tool for no good, uh, and Beijing uses it uh, with great effect. How much value is there in uh, assurances by China that, you know, don't worry about it, everything's fine, don't, we're not going to abuse this? Zero. Yeah, that's what I thought. Zero worth. Yeah, and um, so just how, how, would they, how would they help to foment violence in 2020? Radio Free Asia reports that um, an intelligence unit of the People's Liberation Army based themselves in the now-closed Houston consulate, and there they used artificial intelligence and big data to identify Americans likely to participate in Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests, and then they sent those people videos on how to riot via TikTok. So that's how Beijing has been using it. But they've been using it for other purposes as well. Um, and it's not just in the United States. So this is a tool to a, either inflame opinion or to get people to do what Beijing wants. Well, if, if I'm on TikTok and I see a video uh, telling me, helping me to become a good rioter, um, where do I think that's coming from? Well, that would be coming from China in this particular case, according to this Radio Free Asia reporting. No, but, but, um, but I, I, you, you, usually you don't know where this stuff yeah, comes from. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, if, I, if I'm a 20-year-old kid uh, with purple hair who thinks he's going to go to a, a riot tonight, and I see something on there, where do I think it's coming from? Do I think it's coming from just some friendly person on TikTok? They don't, they're not thinking about China when they look at it. They certainly do not. Um, and there's another um, use for TikTok, and that is to glorify drug use. China wants Americans to overdose on uh, fentanyl and other things, and they glorify drug use through TikTok. So this really is a malicious tool. Um, and so it, the, there's, there's just really only two courses of action for the United States, either to ban it entirely or to make sure that it's sold to American interests and that the TikTok going forward has no connection with China. What are the chances of either one of those things happening? Uh, President Trump tried both of those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, Biden, in one of the first things that he did as president, was to drop the case that the Trump administration had started to ban TikTok. And right after that, uh, TikTok, um, they just dropped efforts to sell it to an American company, Oracle in this case. Um, but, you know, the, the Biden administration, um, with enough pressure, could be forced to do it. Um, and uh, we're getting a lot of information about how all of the assurances that TikTok has given to the American people were absolutely 100 percent false. Well, is it uh, how much of a factor is being afraid of uh, being called a racist uh, for for any any protests against what China might be doing? There's always isn't there always that kind of lingering there that you're going to be accused of the only reason you don't like it is because it's China and you're racist. Yeah. Um, Beijing, um, just in general, apart from TikTok, um, one of their main propaganda lines has been that the United States is racist, that criticism of communist China is racist and encourages uh, and foments hate against Asian Americans. So um, this is a general propaganda line. And we know it because we can read what they say. Um, and I would not be surprised that we see some of this on TikTok as well, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, and, and it can understand why they would think that's a good uh, uh, strategy to have, because it works here. It's done it here works. every day uh, on most cable news stations. And as well from the Oval Office, because mm -hmm. on President Biden's first day in office, just hours after taking the oath of office, um, he issued an executive order on xenophobia, which could have been written by Beijing. Yeah. Well, um, now, what, uh, I, I don't know. I, I know that, that uh, TikTok has a huge uh, following in the United States and, and all over the world, uh, hundreds of millions of people. But how many, uh, how many parents do you think are even aware that their kids um, are kind of helping China by... Fooling around on TikTok, which they do probably 14 hours a day. I would say 
very few. Yeah. Um, this is this is something that is known um, clearly um, for people who have studied TikTok. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, for most parents who are concerned about putting food on the table, about gas prices at seven dollars a gallon, um, no, they're they're not. This is not going to be at the top of their list of concerns. But long term, um, this is a national security threat to the United States. So the administration, um, like the previous one, um, this administration should do something about it, as Trump did. Now, um, China is pretty proficient at uh, collecting data, uh, facial, facial recognition, and all that stuff. They, they like to do it. Um, and what, what, how, how does that add to the danger that you're, the data that's being collected is being collected by a group that really knows what to do with it? Yeah. Well, China has uh, very sophisticated artificial intelligence, and the more data you feed into an AI system, the better it works in general. So that's why they are hoovering up data from around the world and why they prevent the transmission of Chinese data out of China. But also, you know, the more they learn um, for certain individuals of interest to them, um, it could be used for blackmail purposes. Mm -hmm. So really what we're talking about is a tool that uh, for Beijing that's very important to them which is the reason why they are so vigorous and so determined in protecting their ownership of TikTok. We're talking to Gordon Chang. He's the author of The Collapse of China. He's also a columnist uh, for Newsweek and a commentator. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. So, uh, Gordon, did this just happen, that TikTok developed into this, or did China start this whole program with the idea that it would develop into what we see now? Uh, TikTok was developed specifically for the purpose of collecting information from people outside China and, of course, people inside China because there's a sister site called Dalian. But this was not something that China just thought up about a year ago. This has been from the very beginning, which is one of the reasons why assurances that TikTok gives to America, just uh, they can't make those assurances because this whole um, this whole site was designed to um, surveil Americans and to propagate uh, Beijing's notions of what it thought was important. And you tweeted last year that uh, China was using TikTok to promote shooting in schools. How were they doing that? Again, you know, it's, this is the glorification of acts which we consider to be abhorrent. They do this with drugs. They do this with violence. They, they do it all over the place. And that's why we have to be concerned about what's on TikTok, because it does have great influence, because it is, it is perhaps the world's most sophisticated, um, commercially available AI uh, algorithm that they use. You know, it's one thing you see a lot. Uh, what I see TikTok being used for mostly, because I don't follow it uh, purposely, but I, things that pop up on Twitter or somewhere else online where I see it, um, it's, 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 you see a lot of p- people with blue and pink and green hair uh, promoting transgenderism or talking about how they, they, um, how they groom kids, although they don't call it grooming. Um, is that also part of it, that they, they like the whole transgender uh, campaign that's going on in the United States right now? China's been relatively quiet about that, but I can tell you that the Biden administration uses TikTok to influence young voters. So, uh, you know, that, of course, is one of the main themes for the Biden uh, Mm -hmm. team. So that's why, um, you know, they like TikTok. Um, Beijing uses it for more malicious purposes. And what what do you mean? Uh, Well, rather than getting votes, they're they're trying to create evil, promote evil. Absolutely. Um, As I mentioned, they promote drug use, promoting violence on American streets, um, all of these notions that uh, are meant to undermine the U.S. And um, it, it's been used by, uh, ne- not necessarily by China, but by others. So, for instance, um, President Trump, when he was running for re-election, um, one of his rallies in, in, happened to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, just didn't have very many people show up because people were um, using TikTok to create disinformation about the rally. So you have all sorts, and, and people bragged about it afterwards. Democratic mm-hmm. operatives bragged about it afterwards. Um, so this was not necessarily a China operation, but it was one that people had figured out how to use TikTok to create um, disturbances in the United States. And you've been saying for a while that the U.S. should uh, cut ties with China. How could that happen, and what would that mean? 
Well, this would mean no trade, no investment, no technical cooperation. And I know it sounds drastic, but we know um, that China is overwhelming our society and that we can lose it because China uses every point of contact to try to overthrow our government. And so although it's something that most people wouldn't consider at at this point, nonetheless, we cannot have these contacts with China until we can figure out that we can manage them because we're clearly not managing them now. And that was clear from FBI Director Ray's comments yesterday in, um, in London when he had the joint uh, event with the head of MI5, Ken McCallum. Um, so it's very clear that uh, China is winning. And so we've got to cut those contacts. And we've got to do something drastic until we can figure out that we can manage this relationship. I don't we s- certainly are not managing it now. No, I don't like the chances of that happening any time in the next two years. But uh, maybe after that, we'll see. Um, you have a column up at Newsweek with the headline, uh, Shrinking China, Sick Lizard, Not Fire-Breathing Dragon. So uh, what do you mean by that? That's good news. That is good news or potentially good news. It means that China has 1.4 billion people now. By the end of this century, it's probably going to have maybe 500 million, maybe 600 million if they're lucky. This is the biggest projected decline in population in history in the absence of war or disease. No society has ever gone through this, and we don't know whether China can navigate it. But the bad news, John, is that uh, because demography works slowly, it gives Chinese leaders um, you know, the thought that they've got a closing window of opportunity, and maybe they've got to act sooner rather than later because they realize that their country is going to lose um, influence, it's going to lose power because of this radical uh, drop in population. Now, how is that happening? Uh, they, and what was the point of their one-child policy if it wasn't to reduce population? Well, their one-child policy was to um, stop population growth, but uh, they carried it on for far too long. And now they're at a point where um, they've got a total fertility rate, uh, which is the average number of ch- uh, children per female of childbearing age. It's now maybe below one um, and you need 2.1 at least to maintain population size. So they're going to go in for a uh, precipitous drop in people because they, Chinese people just are not interested for various reasons in procreating. And well, this, is, this is a problem for societies when they shrink rapidly. It's one thing for the government to uh, force abortions and, and force sterilization, which they were good at. It's a little tougher to force people to get pregnant. Right. You cannot put a gun to people's head and say, go have a child. It just doesn't work. No, actually, no government has been able to increase um, population size over a prolonged period of time. With incentives, they can increase birth rates for a year or two years at most. But uh, longer than that, um, no government has been successful. Finishing up here with Gordon Chang. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Um, how important is it, Gordon, uh, for China to be the most populous country on the planet? Uh, you know, how important is it for the for the Communist Party's long range plans? Can they be the same thing if they're not uh, holding that threat over everybody's head? We got more people than you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the Chinese people take great pride in being part of the world's largest society. But Xi Jinping, the current ruler, has actually um, used intimidation as a tool of diplomacy. Well, if your country is falling apart, you can't be that intimidating. So um, it's a very important for the Communist Party to uh, maintain China's size. And probably right now, John, it probably isn't the world's most populous society. In reality, it's, it's probably India. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Gordon, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on. Always great stuff. And people should uh, keep everything that you said in mind when they hear their kids talking about how much fun they're having on TikTok, I think. Don't you? Yes, absolutely. And, and thank you, John, for covering this issue. All right. Thank you very much. That's Gordon G. Chang. You can find him at Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. In Britain, Boris Johnson has resigned as Conservative Party leader after months of ethics scandals and a party revolt. Correspondent Danica Kirka reports, although it's traditional, many are disgruntled 
that Johnson will remain as prime minister until a successor is found. But because, you know, there have been so many attacks on uh, Johnson's credibility, there's been a lot of controversy about the idea that Boris Johnson, this big personality, should remain in office for about two or three months as a caretaker until a new successor is chosen. But normally that that's the way it's done. Johnson involved in many scandals, including Partygate, in which he lied about attending parties during the lockdown period. The Dow ahead 290 points and the Nasdaq up 247. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt, The Hugh Hewitt Show. All right, Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Last day of my summer vacation. Last day that Kurt Schlichter is in guest hosting for me. But whatever the news is, no matter where it occurs, wherever it is on the globe or throughout the lower 48 or even Alaska and Hawaii, Kurt Schlichter will cover it for you as my guest host on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. Summer is here and the open road awaits. This is John Stagerwald and Pitt Cycles has what you're looking for. Choose from a huge selection of 136 models from Indian, Triumph, KTM, Royal Enfield, and more. Plus, some big exciting changes coming just around the bend. Get your trade-in value in seconds at PittCycles.com and see just how easy it is to take your ride to a whole new level. Pitt Cycles in Warrendale, next to Jurgles. Reserve now and beat the rush at PittCycles.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 690 4040. That's 1 800 690 4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1 800 690 4040. That's 1 800 690 4040. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Finishing out our afternoon with some slow going on the Parkway East with volume Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound looks like some slow going downtown 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, a little volume inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 28 stacking up from Sharpsburg up to Delafield Avenue. Delay of about seven minutes there. On Crosstown Boulevard, volume delays Veterans Bridge down to Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 62. More clouds than sun tomorrow. Tomorrow's high in 84. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy with a passing shower or two. Low 66. Saturday, clouds giving way to sunshine will reach a high Saturday of 80. Sunday, mostly sunny and less humid. A nice end of the weekend will reach a high Sunday of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. 
Well, most of my friends and I uh, were married with kids when we were in our mid-twenties, uh, some earlier than that. seems like now people in their mid-twenties, they're still considered kids. Um, and after Roe v. Wade was overturned a couple of weeks ago, you heard a lot of talk about how this was going to force women to have babies they can't afford to raise. Uh, Georgie Borman is a senior contributor at The Federalist, and she says that's a myth. Georgie joins us now. Thanks for coming on again, Georgie. Thanks for having me back. So what is the argument that uh, pro-abortion people make about the burden of having a baby before you've, uh, for, I, for women I'm talking about, of course, before, before they've established a career? Right. Well, this is made by, I, I think, even a, a lot of people who would themselves consider themselves to be pro-life. But, you know, you have people on the left more generally wondering aloud from their elite bubbles where nobody gets married till after they're 30 and nobody has kids till after they're 33. Yeah. <laughs> wondering, how is it possible for, for women to uh, afford um you know, their child care expenses, if, you know, the, the median salary, average salary for a woman who's under 35 is, say, $40,000, and child care is roughly that same amount of money. And they say, well, that, that math just doesn't add up to me. And the answer to that is, well, you're thinking about this all wrong. You, that, that's, that may happen and, and be a situation that women find themselves in. But if we want to set women up for success, young women up for success, what we want is them to not think about having children as a single mom. Again, it's not always within your control, but to try and find a, a good, loving spouse who also is family-minded and wants to raise kids, and you raise those kids together. And ideally have one person who's home most of the time with the little ones so that they can be nurtured and loved and taught by the people who know and love them best, which are their parents. Um, and this seems to be a concept that uh, people on the left just don't really come into contact a lot with, or they just really don't want to deal with, which is this idea of having a two parent family, a mother and a father and they get married first, and then the babies come, and somebody goes and, uh, you know, usually the father goes out and works most of the time or brings in some sort of income to support the family, and then the mother does most of the nurturing, at least with the young kids, um, when it's still important in those early years to be with your children and to not ship them off to daycare for many, many hours a week, which develops a lot of problems for these kids. Like the the behavior problems that happen when kids are in full-time daycare are well-documented. It's not a good situation for your kids. So uh, I think a lot of people on the left are thinking about this all wrong. Like, oh, how do we afford, how do, how do single women afford daycare before they're 35? And it's like, no, you, we got to rewind. We got to go all the way back to the beginning and talk about the importance of marriage and the importance of uh, a good work ethic and the importance of uh, being the primary person in your kids' lives who are raising them. Yeah, I remember, um, and I'm old, I'm a baby boomer, but um, I remember I was uh, working in, um, in in minor league baseball as a play-by-play man, and this was in the mid-70s. There, there was, a, man, uh, there was a, a guy on the team, a pitcher on the team, and uh, he was an older guy, and he was thinking about, you know, his baseball career would look like it was going to be over soon. And I remember them saying they they were going to start a daycare center. And they had to explain to people what it was. Nobody knew what it was. I had no idea what he was talking about. So, I mean, that may be hard for people to believe, but, you know, so I was in my mid-20s before I ever heard of a daycare center. Nobody, There wasn't any such thing. I just never heard of it. So, that I mean, that's a huge change. That's that's forty five years ago now, but it's still you know that's a generation and a half ago. That that's uh, that's how things have changed. Exactly, we've undergone huge cultural shifts that have brought us to such a point where there are people like the ones I'm talking about. Like when I wrote this article that uh, I'm referencing back to for the the Federalist, this, this is this Atlantic writer who is wondering how it, how it's possible for women to afford to have kids before they're thirty five and huge cultural shifts we've undergone over the past few decades in order to get to that point where that is something that people wonder aloud 
in like a serious way. <laughs> I mean, the proportion of first time mothers who are married has declined from 63% in 1990 to just 24%. And then 35% of mothers with at least a bachelor's degree don't start having babies till they're 30. And that's just way more than mothers with lower levels of education attainment. They're purposely delaying having children until they get their, until they get their education, which I totally understand that I did the same thing. But then also until they, you know, get their careers, quote unquote, off the ground or, or get them uh, established. And I understand that desire. I, I, you know, like there's smart women out there who have a great work ethic and who want to pour themselves into something that they can feel proud of and build something, um, you know, with their with their minds and their talents other than just raising a family. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I do that too. Yeah. But you have to think about priorities and where you want family to be in that picture. If you put your career first, it's not like there's just going to be some Prince Charming at the end when you're finally ready. That's just, that's just waiting to get with you. And then you have like all of this extra time to start creating a family. It might happen that way, but it probably won't. And so if you put one thing first, you put the other at risk. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important that men and women in their younger years understand, like there's a limited amount of time you have to to start a a family and there's a limited pool of candidates out there with which you can realistically start a family. Mm -hmm. So thinking about family as a priority instead of your career as a priority, I think is really important. It doesn't set you up for failure. It just sets you It sets you up for success, but it just may take longer. It's like the saying, you know, you can have the family and you can have the career, but, you know, you can't have it all at the same time going 100% in all those different directions. It's basically impossible. Like, it is very, very hard to do, and it takes a toll Mm -hmm. on your whole family when you're trying to go full bore with your career while while also raising kids. I have three kids. Like it's really hard. Like just the parenting part takes up a lot of time and energy, but you know what? It's worth it. And I chose to have my family um, early and to put off some of those other career developments that I was thinking about until later on. And I can work on things in the meantime, but I'm not going to put a bunch of pressure on myself to have all of that at one time, it's just unattainable. And so I think we're not setting people up for success first by telling them they need to wait until later on in life to think about marriage and kids. And second, and thinking that they should have this full board career and the kids at the, at the same time, or at least, you know, you've got to have one of you if you're married, who's focused on raising the kids. And I know that sounds old fashioned nowadays, but, that's what works best for your children. And at the end of the day, like when you have those kids, you realize it's like the paradox of parenthood. You don't realize it until you have it, how important they are in compared to, uh, compared to what your career goals are. Yeah. And here's the, and so, here's the, yeah. here's a little secret, Georgie, um, uh, that, uh, when you wait until your mid thirties to start having your kids instead of your mid twenties, you are, um, 50 years old when you have to start worrying about sending your kids to college and paying for it. Um, people from my generation, as I said, most of the people I knew, very few people, I, I, can't, I don't think I could think of anybody who, was, who hit 30 before they got married. I don't know if I had any of my friends who were 30 before they got married. Um, but uh, most of my friends were um, 41, 42 years old, and their kids were graduating from college instead of being uh, in fifth grade. You know, right. it, it, it's a huge difference, and you're finished with all of that. You're still young at 42, and I think the difference is that I was a lot younger at 42 than my dad was at 42. Uh, just it was, a you know, your lifestyle and everything, you, things were, you weren't considered old when you were 50 either, uh, but my dad was considered much older at 50 than I was, so the, the 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 secret for people in your generation that they that they need to be let in on is that by getting started early, 
when you hit 40, you're still very young. And most of that stuff is behind you. You, you, you can choose a career you want with less pressure because all, of your, all of the, the big money issues are gone already. Right. That's, that's a great point. Yeah, you, you're, you're much more, more free to pursue things you might not have otherwise pursued when you were younger. You have yeah. <laughs> just a lot more wisdom at that point. And, and, and it does make sense. But, you know, from the perspective of people who are young, it's like they can't, it's really hard to think that far in advance. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering like, oh my gosh, life is passing me by and I haven't started doing X, Y, and Z yet. And, uh, and, and, and I, I understand, I understand that, but like, there's certain realities of life that again, it's just really, really hard to do those things at the same time. And what's even harder is to try to put the career first and then try and catch up on the family front later. When did, you, you, yeah, but when did, sorry, but when did young women become convinced that they had to establish a career before they could become a mother? When, when did, is there a a period that you can point to when that happens has it been 20 years, 30 years, uh, because yeah, I, that didn't I exist for a long time. Third, I think that's more third wave feminism where it's like, you know, you need to lean into the uh, workplace and you can do everything a man can do and don't let them tell you that your place is, you know, only in the home and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I'm all for like over overcoming stereotypes and overcoming sexism in the workplace and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you only have a certain amount of time. Like for instance, my, my husband and I just watched uh, when Harry met Sally, right. Which is from 1989. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that movie would look like if it were remade today, it would be so woke and it would be terrible. But you know, she has this realization you know, a third of the way through the movie that the person she was with for seven years didn't actually want to get married and have kids. And she realized after she turned 30 that that's actually what she really wanted. But up to that point, she was like, career, career, career. I'm going to be a reporter. I'm going to focus on my career. Mm -hmm. I don't need kids tying me down, you know, that, that sort of thing. And so uh, it just really took me back to just the, the cultural changes that have taken place where it's like, that's 30 years. It yeah. really started. Yeah, it, it really started, you know, 40 years ago, 40 plus years ago. And and uh, we're, we're dealing with the consequences now. We're dealing with lower birth rates. We're dealing with, you know, women waiting uh, until later to get married. And then they have, you know, uh, more fertility issues. And they're trying to, to juggle their their full-time career with their kids and they don't want to give up their career and it's hard to find an exit ramp. And then they feel guilty for taking the exit ramp because, you know, the, the feminists are like, well, why are you giving up on this? And you can't give up and go back to your home and you're wasting your talents and all of these different pressures and the guilt and the shame that is coming from all sorts of different directions in women's lives that I, I can totally sympathize with. But again, we got to go back to the basic reality. It is very, very hard to do the full, the full on full-time career and do the full on full-time motherhood. And it's even harder to put off having the family until after you've got your, your career started, instead of trying to kind of shape your career around your family life and have some of that flexibility and just kind of figure it out as you go along. I mean, like everything so, seems so serious uh, yeah. when you're 22 and trying to pick a career. But you know, if there's anything I've learned since that point is don't take it so seriously, like have the babies. They're amazing. Get <laughs> married. It's amazing. Yeah. And we'll just kind of figure it out as we go along. Well, based on your experience, uh, we're talking to Georgie Borman. She's a senior contributor at the Federalist. You can find her piece uh, at thefederalist.com. Um, how often do women in your generation find out that a career isn't all that it's cracked up to be? Because somebody made a, a comedian or somebody, somebody was making the point a long time ago about um, the feminist movement and women uh, choosing careers. And uh, I, I forget exactly how they put it, but it went something like this. They all, the, uh, many women find out that every job out there isn't becoming a U.S. senator. Uh, you know, you end up in a cubicle selling insurance, and, and isn't that glamorous? You know, right? Yeah, no, that's 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 a great point. And sometimes it finds, you know, it it takes a while to find out what you're really good at, and 
find out what your passion is and for those opportunities to come along. And a lot of people have a lot of different careers throughout their life. It's not uncommon to change careers every decade or so. It's like, I think pretty sure that's the average. So it's not like you have to, you know, pick one thing and settle down with that and just try and make family work around it. Like, especially now with the technology that we have and being able to work from home and that does open up uh, many, many more doors for women to have more flexible, but still very rewarding careers. So, yeah, I think that's true. A lot of times the career aspect doesn't end up being what you thought it was, and it's not as satisfying as you thought it was, even though you were told yeah. growing up that it was going to be like this amazing, very satisfying. Well, and, and, you, and you find yeah. out maybe that you're doing it for other people instead of yourself. You're doing it because you think that you're supposed to if not impress other people, uh, you're supposed to live up to a certain thing. And, and, and in order to, to uh, get approval, that you have to show that you have this great career. But I, I'm, I'm running out of time, so I want to get to real quick here because we're talking to Georgie Borman. You moved to South Dakota. I, tell, us, tell us why. We've got a, about a minute and a half left here. What made you pick South Dakota to move to uh, and why? Sure. Well, it was the summer of 2020, and we were uh, very kind of had it up to here with the lockdowns in Washington State and the restrictions and just no end in sight with all of that. And uh, we took a trip to South Dakota just to kind of see what it was like. You know, Christy Nome had been in the news and had been talking up South Dakota, and we said, well, why don't we just go visit? You know, it'll be a visit, and we'll see what it's like. And on the way back home, we just kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we don't really want to go back to Washington and going back to Washington ended up feeling terrible. It's like, you don't know what you're missing uh, until you have to go back to the dark and gloomy situation of Washington state. So uh, we moved in the fall of 2020 and haven't regretted anything. We love it here. The weather is erratic and insane, and there's thunderstorms, and it's just it's it's a it's a lot of fun living in the sort of Midwest kind of area is very different. Um, but there's there's freedom here, and the people are very nice and not so antisocial like they are on the West Coast. And it's just a great place for us to raise a family uh, close to the Black Hills. There's tons of stuff to do, and we just love it more and more every day. And uh, South Dakota sounds appealing to me. I don't know if I'd ever say that, but uh, if I if I were starting out right now in my twenties, knowing what I because I have been to Wyoming a few times, and uh, knowing what I know, I would choose South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming. That's where I would head. Georgie, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. And enjoy South Dakota. I will. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing it right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction, doing business honestly, taking no money down, and no payment until the job is complete. Doing it right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI Certified Installation Contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention Dennis Prager for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Well, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. And he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. This is John Steyerwald. For a limited time, you can save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. And this blowout sale of the year is not going to last long, so order now. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and out all day long. 
They're made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. Call 1-800-716-8087 and use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. Again, this offer will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, New York City has become a rat hole. Uh, I thought, I've thought it was that for a long time. Uh, I decided a long time ago I never wanted to set foot in there again. But uh, there's, the district attorney there is Alvin Bragg. Uh, and there was a guy, uh, this guy's name was uh, Alba. What was this for? Jose Alba. He worked in a bodega. The video shows a person coming in and pushing him around, roughing him up, and uh, eventually really roughing him up. And so Jose Alba took out a knife and stabbed him and killed him. And uh, it was the, uh, the video makes it pretty obvious that it was a, a matter of self-defense. He didn't know what this guy was going to do to him. And the district attorney there, Alvin Bragg, uh, had requested that Alba be held on $500,000 bail. He was arraigned on Saturday, charged with murder. Uh, and even though it was obviously from the video, it was self-defense. So it got a lot of attention. And the good news is that the judge, uh, a judge was asked to lower his, the, the actual bail was not 500, it was at 250,000, they set it at, even though the, I, th- I guess the uh, district attorney wanted it to, at 500. Anyway, it went to 250, and it was lowered to 50,000, and uh, Alba's boss put up the $5,000 to get him out on bail, so he's probably going to get out, but he shouldn't have been in there for five minutes. He was in Rikers Island for like three or four days uh, for defending himself. It's on video. This is what we're dealing with. This is a criminal who had guy had been this, the guy who was beating him up had been convicted uh, or charged with a bunch of felonies. But I'm glad that Jose Alba is out of jail. He should have never been in there. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.